0: Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout out on a future episode. Welcome to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with the necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankerow, the king of alpha, I think at this point, it's probably going to be a meme, John. Somebody's just going to make a meme about every time I say that. And we are going to look for those memes, so bring them to us. Anyway, as you know already, I was a child actor, and then I went to Stanford, NFTs, entrepreneur, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, John Kraske. He was an executive in the design space in New York City, and now he's running an NFT company two, three, four. I don't know. Every week it changes. They keep growing and growing and growing. He's in the trenches every day, learning, growing and seeking alpha. John, what is new in the NFT space today, bro?
1: Justin, I always talk about how I'm just so busy and don't have any time for anything other than NFTs, but I thought we'd try something different and just talk about something that's happened in the space. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this whole Link's DAO since you're very connected to it.
0: LinksDAO. Wow. I am so stoked about LinksDAO. We're buying a golf course. No big deal. As a DAO, run by Dudas. Dudas is a great friend. We go all the way back to Stanford together. He's a visionary in this space, started The Block back in 2016. Chris Mattern is involved. Floors NFT, amazing visionary, co founder of Button. Of course, Jacob Martin, the NFT attorney, one of our guests. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. This little basketball player named Steph Curry. Yeah, he <laughs> aped in and uh, bought a Lynx Dow yesterday, and the floor is like roughly two No big deal. Wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, wow, wow. Out of control. This year, as you know, is going to be the year of the Dow. We are going to see so many sports franchises taken down by Dows. I'm already hearing whisperings of the Miami Dolphins. That's the whisper the last couple of days. So you didn't hear that here. F- oh, yes, you did. Actually, we are alpha <laughs> droppers. So you did hear that here.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: As you all know, we're two NFT insiders, by the way. little additional alpha for you in case you didn't know. John is now one of the major LinkedIn NFT thought leaders, which you already knew. And LinkedIn has now reached out to him and he'll be doing fireside chats and all sorts of Web3 NFT. Incredible building of community for LinkedIn on LinkedIn. So make sure you are following him there in addition to Twitter. So we're here to bring in amazing NFT thought leaders. 2021 was exceptional. 2022 is going to be even more wild. I cannot wait. I'm so stoked. And each week we bring in new thought leaders to help you learn the emerging trends and opportunities in 30 minutes or less. And by the way, this intro was probably like seven minutes. So let's get into it, John. Today's
1: guest is Voland. Come on, Voland. Just give me your last name. Voland Solov. Love it. All right. Sorry. I'm just terrible <laughs> at names, so we had to do that. He is the chief operating officer at Glozel, founded in 2021. Glozal is a music technology company developing an artist-focused and fan-driven NFT ecosystem. Play One, which is the world's first NFT player. They offer artists and fans the ability to collect, sell, trade, and discover exclusive digital music assets on their encrypted network using cryptocurrencies. Welcome to NFT Heat, Vaughan.
2: Thank you guys for having me, John and Justin. It's a pleasure to be here. Very excited about talking to you guys today. What's been going on in the NFT space and very excited to get into the NFT music space as well, which has been emerging throughout the last year. Oh my gosh, so fun. I cannot
0: wait to learn about this because we all know that music NFTs are going to explode this year. So we're stoked to have you. And as you know, we're hopping right into a five-question lightning round, Bolin. We want some alpha for our listeners. We're going right into it. John?
1: Bolin, what is your favorite source of NFT alpha? Is it podcast, Twitter, LinkedIn? Interestingly
2: enough, although Twitter was a go-to for a while, LinkedIn has been emerging recently as one of my favorites. Due to some folks in the space like yourself, John, that are dropping tidbits and gold nuggets along the way every day. So I would say recently has been LinkedIn, you're able to kind of filter through a lot of the noise and really get some constructive feedback from the community there. Wild. 2021, we all talked about Twitter and Discord
0: and 2022, LinkedIn, you're hearing it here first. All right, Volant, why should people care about music NFTs?
2: Frankly, if you care about music and musicians, then you should care about music NFTs because the current model is really not working for the creators. So it's incumbent on the fans to actually really start paying attention to the space and start supporting their favorite musicians and the NFTs that they they come out with because it's essentially a direct-to-consumer business model in terms of how you distribute your music. You're bypassing all the traditional middlemen along the way that take a percentage along the way. And this is really a a revolution in the future of how music and content can be distributed.
1: Love it. Volan, question three. Is it too late for people to
2: invest in NFTs? Definitely not. If you haven't, I advise you to start, do your research, do some due diligence, check the team and get into it because you don't want to miss this train. Love it. Favorite blockchain, Volan? Currently... I would say Polygon, just uh, because we're going to be minting songs on Polygon. However, Flow is very exciting. We're looking into that as well, Uh, as well as Tezos, all of these alternatives to keep gas fees low, but be able to continue having quality transactions. That's our primary focus. But we're building blockchain agnostic. So, you know, no particular preferences at this point, aside from the, the practical ones, I would say.
1: Love it. Fallen fifth and final question. What do you say to people who say the music business isn't broke? So why fix it? They don't know the music business, frankly.
2: <laughs> That's, That's great. So cool. The music business folks, they'll tell you themselves, this is not working. That's why they're looking into alternative investments. That's why they're doing everything and anything under the sun to make money because the current given artists in advance, recoup, then pay them back whatever's left over. It's not working for anybody. By the way, I'm hearing some Discord blips right now.
0: I know that sound.
2: Volan, I know you're trading NFTs right now. You're def- you've are you
0: aped into some communities while we're on this podcast because that blip is burning to my
2: brain. That is the Discord blip. Am I right? That is 100% right. And I'm going
1: to mute- I'm gonna try to mute it on the next one that pops up. I, gonna- I like it. I-, I actually like it. It's like chill mood music for an NFT podcast. It actually totally makes sense, so.
0: I love it, dude. That is so funny. By the way, five out of five on the lightning round. You absolutely slaughtered it. Perfect score. Platinum, five stars, gold star, the whole shebang. Now let's get into some more deeper questions, Volant, and talk music NFTs.
2: First off, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the crypto and the NFT space? So I got into crypto back in 2017, mostly from personal interest. I've worked in the Miami startup scene since like 2012. I worked for the first incubator that was here. It's called VentureHive. And it really kind of introduced me to the entire entrepreneurial way of life. And I got connected with a lot of co-founders, many of which have now themselves made a pivot into crypto and NFTs. So I kind of already had these connections going back to my Venture Hive days and just you know kind of kept up with the rumblings and got into it in 2017 it was a, a wild frenzy for me at first i kind of put a pause on it for a little bit and then kind of joined the renaissance during 2020 and 2021 started paying attention to the nft space exploring how all the applications of this technology and then in april of 2021 now my ceo and i started glozel we started working on play one our music player because our nft music player because we saw there was nothing like that currently in the market
1: yeah, yeah, I love it. That's actually my next question. So you recently made headlines with the launch of your NFT ecosystem Play1, which is the world's first NFT player. Can you just tell us a little bit about the inspiration for this NFT player and how it's going to change the music world forever? Well, the
2: inspiration behind it was actually shout out to Apple and the first iPod back in the day because if you guys remember the LimeWire Napster days, you know, you had all these MP3s floating around on your hard drives. But you had no centralized way to listen to them, to take them on the go. The first iTunes allowed you to do that. The iPod allowed you to do all that. So when we were looking at the NFT landscape, NFT music particularly, we saw a very kind of similar issue persisting is that there is no way for me to get an NFT music collection or a playlist put together of my NFT music collection. There's no way for me to take it and play it in the car or play it at home aside from logging into you know, 10 different marketplaces and listening to 10 different little tracks that I got there. So we identified this as something that was missing in the space and, and kind of honed in on this early on. So that's really where it came from was in order for this to become mass mass adopted and NFT music and NFTs really to kind of proliferate the same way that the streaming platforms did is you need some kind of a tool like that that enables the users, the collectors, the listeners to actually, treat this as they do their regular music collection every day. That was kind of the inspiration, and I'm happy to say we're very close to functioning alpha of everything.
0: This is so cool. I am st- we're sitting here with Steve Jobs. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, this is such a great idea because we all buy NFT music. We, we want to support artists, and yet it's a pain at this point to listen to it. It's not functionally easy. So this is an amazing tool. I'm I'm really excited to learn more. And just to get into that, you recently made headlines when you wrote on LinkedIn the following thesis. If, quote, songs are the most important currency in the music business today, that's the quote, then NFTs are the best way to utilize and exchange the currency freely around the world. Love it. So could you expand a little bit about this thesis for our listeners, Volan?
2: Absolutely. And actually, this thesis was, Posed, or the, the initial quote that songs are the most valuable currency in the music business today, that was a quote from the new president of Cobalt. What's Cobalt, it, by the way? They're a music distribution company. And so essentially that rang so true to me because the music business gets it. They know how valuable songs are. It's the makeup, it's the building blocks of all of these industries that have spun off of that, it's of ad campaigns, of so many things. But the way that that currency is currently being treated and is devaluing the currency. Essentially, you're taking something that a couple decades ago, artists were getting real dollars per song, and you're now giving them fractions of pennies. And so, again, you're essentially sabotaging your own industry by devaluing that currency. So to me, it just made sense that if that is true and the music industry knows that that is true, then put a fair market value on that currency, attach NFTs to it, and let the public, the collectors, value them and let the artists set their own prices, which has been a long gone approach in the
1: music business. Love it. So Volan, you're a lawyer by trade. Does this experience give you an advantage to solving how to fix music through NFTs as the music business is known for having some of the most complicated legal structures of any industry?
2: So, I am a lawyer by trade. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not licensed. So, don't take any of this as legal advice. (laughs) I have been able to dive into these contracts myself, even some of the firms I work with in the past. We've had clients that are music managers and artists, a lot of them up and coming. And I got to see firsthand how draconian the entire way of doing business can be. And you literally just get flooded with paperwork. You have to hire a forensic accountant just to review your your financial statements that Spotify or whoever it is your publisher issues you. And it just doesn't make sense for an artist, because if you know artists, you know that they hate that kind of stuff. That's why the current business is essentially built upon an artist and a whole suite and entourage of supporting cast, such as lawyers, accountants, managers, business advisors, all of them just to try to make sense of these documents that are being thrown at you left and right. So NFTs and blockchain just streamline that entire process. The labels and the even independent artists, they spend thousands of dollars, oftentimes hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars just reviewing these accounting statements to make sure that the money is correct. And oftentimes, they still make mistakes and there's money lost. I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories like that. So again, NFTs and blockchain are, to me, they're a gift. They're a gift by technology to the modern business world. They're like, here... Utilize this amazing tech that's been built, that everybody has been throwing shade on, and use it to revolutionize, revolutionize how you do business. Streamline all of these processes. It's already a ledger that lives forever in the blockchain. You don't need 300 pages of accounting statements. So I think that's why we're seeing all of the majors form NFT task forces. That's why we're seeing so much attention coming into the space, because They're slowly having this aha moment that John, Justin, and and myself have probably had for the last couple of years, that this is a good thing. It's not a threat to my way of doing business. It's actually a way to improve my business and improve the lives of of my artists. So awesome. I I hope we're having a lot of musicians and
0: artists listening to this episode because you are dropping some serious alpha. This is so cool. All right. This is a little bit of a two-pronged question here. Volan, because these are two different types of people. So want to throw this at you. What is your advice to one, a music label and two, a musician in the NFT space? Because those are obviously two different task forces. And can you walk us through a little bit of an NFT roadmap of how to successfully launch a music
2: NFT collection from a brand level and an artist level? Okay, so I'll tackle these one at a time. And honestly, my first piece of advice is both to the label and to the musician, because unfortunately, musicians have been conditioned to think a certain way already by the labels or by management, the powers that be. And my first piece of advice is take what you know as to how you're doing business today and throw it out the window (laughs) and, and take a deep dive into what it means to actually build the community, to actually engage your fan base past just posting stuff and collecting likes on IG. Each artist has let's say that has a million followers, they can only count on maybe 10% at best of those followers to be actual supporters and and buy into everything that you do and really follow your journey as an artist. And like I said, my first piece of advice is figure out how to cater to them, how to engage them and keep them on board past just impassively streaming your stuff and, and you getting some one tenth of a penny for each stream. As soon as musicians and labels realize that I no longer need these millions and millions and millions of fake views and streams that really mean nothing for you, for your bottom line at the end of the day, their whole perspective is going to change. Because as you guys very well know, NFTs are a bit of a community building tool. So use it as such, figure out what's important to that community. Maybe do some surveys, utilize these social media platforms that you have right now that you're not making really any money off of, and they're making tons of money off of you. Utilize them to engage your fan base, figure out what's important to them. Will they support an NFT project? What do they want to see going into that project? And really start building up that repertoire of reference points so that when you do get to the point of launching an NFT project and you go through the roadmap, you're catering to your supporters and your community rather than just some of the big brands in place such as Spotify and Apple Music. Similar advice would go towards the labels is, again... Take out your whole traditional model of giving an advance and then essentially an advance is a loan for those that don't know. And labels operate as banks. They're in the business of issuing loans to musicians so musicians can then go create art that then the labels monetize. So if you don't hit that number that they advanced you off of the projects you released means you're in debt, meaning that you are always behind the curve when it comes to your finances. Before you see any money, the label has to recoup. And so if your project underperforms, that means you still owe the label part of that advance. And that carries over and carries over. And that's how it's been done now. It's a power play, really, mostly favored towards the labels. Artists love getting a check as an advance, but the long-term applications thereof is usually what they don't think about on the front end. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is throw that traditional way of doing business out and focus on creating value through the content and the
1: art that you release. What do you think of the NFT music drops that have been done so far by artists like Doja Cat, Kings of Leon, and Balao? Anything you liked, anything you disliked? It seems like I've seen a lot of NFT music drops that actually don't even have any music.
2: Yeah, and I think that's it's partially due to a bit of a confusion as to how to do NFT music, A. Because like I said, until we started working on this, there was no functional way for you to drop an NFT song and then have your fans go out and and play it and collect it and share it with friends. So I think that's why you saw a bit of a different approach in terms of musicians coming into the NFT space. Regarding some of the drops that you mentioned, I think Blau was really the only truly successful one here. And that's because the others discounted that first part of what we talked about in your last question, which is who are you selling this to? Like, who are you catering to here? Are you just expecting your 10 million IG followers to go out and buy an NFT just because you did it? Or do you actually know what an NFT is? Do you know how to create value utilizing that NFT to the collectors? And you, that's why out of the references that you mentioned there, Doja Cat, Kings of Leon, I know those severely underperformed expectations. And I'm just putting that out there. And I think that's because they did not have the same kind of community backing such as Blau because Blau has been engaging not just his fans, but also the NFT and crypto community for years leading up to this. So the numbers speak for themselves. And so again, that would be my biggest piece of advice is study the space, figure out what it takes to actually put out a a meaningful NFT project and rely on your community and and have some realistic expectations for the numbers that you're pushing out there. Because if you don't have... 30,000 dedicated fans that know how to buy your NFT or even know what it brings to the table, you're not going to sell all 30,000. Amazing. Super cool.
0: I love it, man. This is so great. All right. Next thought from you. We're Right now, we've had a little bit of dip in ETH, right? ETH is mm-hmm. roughly 3,100. We had a 4,200 high about a month ago. But, but I feel like NFTs are, we're in a, a bit of a bull market here, which I'm always a fan of but as you know because you've been in the space since 2017 defi summer crypto winter this market's cyclical right so as are all market, markets that's right bull market bear market how is that going to affect your marketplace for music and what can we expect coming down the
2: pipe on glozel that will be different from other music marketplaces my take on the the market uh, movements is that it's it's natural it's and again if you follow all markets that happens. And so anybody that's kind of trying to throw shade on crypto and NFTs as a form of investment, just look back at your own investments to date. Look how those share prices fluctuate depending on whatever's happening in the world. It's the same principles like cryptocurrencies and NFT projects, they inherit their value based on metrics put in place similar to the metrics that are put in place for stock value. So for how you value an IPO coming out. What's the team? What's the project? What's the user base? What value or utility is the product or project that you're bringing to market actually bring to market? That's how crypto gets its own value anyway. That's how NFT projects such as the Bored Apes have, have skyrocketed is because there's a community backing now. There's, there's users and that kind of determines the price similar to how things are done today. So to me, that's not a big cause for concern. We have the option for a lot of our artists to either get paid out in stablecoin or a crypto of their choosing. So, for those that want to be risk averse, you could p- get paid out in stablecoin and just keep doing your business. And for those that want to get paid in Bitcoin or ETH and want to go ahead and ride the wave on the markets, that's also an option for artists. I'd say the biggest distinguishing factor between us and some of the other NFT music marketplaces and platforms is that we thought this through on a much deeper level, I think, and that we don't want to just be another marketplace, another open sea. We respect those absolutely, but we want to create an ecosystem, a tool, a platform that a musician can come and securely mint their songs and securely distribute them, and then also have a functioning way for your fans to collect them and enjoy them. You yourself, as a musician, can collect and enjoy and create your own playlists. So when I say securely, I mean that, and I've gone through and and bought NFTs from several of the other music marketplaces, and they're Either just giving you a direct download link to that underlying WAV file or MP3 file, or they're emailing you a Dropbox link where you could go ahead and download it to your hard drive. All of this is unprotected, and it's bringing us right back to the LimeWire Napster days of doing things where, yes, my exclusive NFT collection of 1,000 NFTs now has 10,000 unregulated and unauthorized copies floating around, and it inherently devalues your NFTs. So to avoid that, we added a layer of encryption to all of the music that we're publishing and distributing through our platform so that when you sell an NFT collection, you know there's a thousand in circulation. There's only going to ever be a thousand in circulation and you can actually stabilize that market, meaning that only the NFT owners are allowed access to that file. And our NFT player, play One acts as a real-time decryption tool, whereas it verifies that I am the owner of this content and therefore I'm authorized to play it, sell it, do whatever is necessary which is, again, something that's currently not happening at all.
1: Awesome. All right, Follin. Final question. We talk a lot about communityized Podcast, and you've already touched on this a little bit, and how important it is in the NFT space. Curious your thoughts on that and how that affects your strategy at uh, Glozal. It's very important to us, John.
2: And it was like something that we took to heart from day one before we even really started doing any PR or anything like that. we We turned to the local Miami community that's Those already working with NFTs, the graphic designers and painters that were already dabbling in the space. There's several Miami-based organizations such as BitBasel, the Crypto Corridor, NF Thursdays, Crypto Mondays, NF Tuesdays. And we reached out to all of them, not to try to sell them anything, but more so just to figure out how we can work together. How can we empower each other? How can we give you a platform and inherently really just work together and build our own community here in Miami and just build upon that. So that's been our approach since day one. That's how we approach things with the artists as well. A big part of what we do is educating them on building their own community or or tapping into the community they may already have to then maximize the success of their NFT projects. So like you said, John, th- this is what NFTs and blockchain are, are built upon. That's how we got here and community is going to get us into the future.
0: Preach. I love it, Foley. <laughs> Preach. Community, community, <laughs> community. We keep saying it and you are living it. you built your company this way and you are educating artists on the space and how to incorporate their community, really tap into it, listen to their community and build. It's awesome. I hope we had, as I said before, but I'll just reinforce, I hope we had a lot of artists and musicians listening to this episode because man, you dropped some alpha, really, really cool. Thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing episode. We appreciate all of your incredible insights and stay tuned, everybody next week. We will have another NFT thought leader popping in with some more alpha in the meantime, get collecting, continue learning and continue growing. We're NFT heat. Thank you guys. Keep killing it. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music what you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album Flex Appeal and lastly a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show you can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo everyone we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat and we're looking forward to seeing you next week